Hey, thanks for joining us on the No Limits Church podcast. This is a place to get equipped to make a difference for the kingdom of God. So get ready to be empowered by this message. Well, we have special teacher today of the Word of God. It's been a little while since he's been on the stage, but if you've been here a while, you've heard from him before. I believe that he is one of the most anointed teachers that I've ever heard, Mr. Tim Bell. You all, if you've heard him before, you know this is his gift. His gift makes a way for him when he gets up here. It's just incredible. And I feel super blessed to have you here at No Limits Church. You've been a part of our church for like 12, 13, 14 years now. Uh, hey, speaking of, did you know that this is, yesterday I celebrated my five-year anniversary as pastor. It's been that long. I know, it doesn't seem that long. Uh, yeah, that's awesome. But I'm really excited for this guy. I'm going to pray for him before he takes off. Y'all are going to be blessed today. Lord, thank you so much for Tim. He's such a blessing to us. Thank you for bringing him to this house. We honor him today, God, and we ask you to bless him for this great gift that's on his life and how he's so eager to share it with the body of Christ. Uh, we thank you that you're going to guide his words. I know you will, and that you'll reveal your word to us through him today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Oh, man. I remember when I first got here, uh, Cade was the praise and worship leader, and man, he was a slave driver. Wasn't he? I mean, tell me, uh, uh, I mean, yeah, I was there. thank you, Beth. I knew somebody would remember, man, he was tough, but it was good. It was good. We liked it to some extent. I mean, the results were good, right? But yeah, Cade has always been extraordinarily uh, organized where he'd send us our stuff like a whole week ahead of time with notes and where he wants you to come in and everything. It was, it was pretty impressive. So when he was anointed as a, as pastor, I wasn't real surprised because, uh, and he just stepped right in and boy, am I glad. How many of y'all are glad that Kate is, is doing what he's doing? He's saying the hard stuff. Now we, uh, we recently have been in a, uh, a, a season of where we get a lot of the gifts flowing and things like that are going on. Uh, not all of you may even know exactly what's going on sometimes. Uh, we haven't, at, at, up to now, we haven't had a whole lot of the, <laughs> of the actual scriptural basis for these things. So I wanted to fill in some of these things that we're going through kind of right now. Uh, number one thing, God's written word is principle. If it says it in his word, that's what I act on. If it, it, nothing God ever does in any of the gifts or any of the movements we're doing here, it will never, never go crosswise with the written word. It will never do that. Okay? So that's, we're going to start there. <laughs> So that's, that's where we're going to start. So we know that God's written word is his absolute word. And we, you know, I don't know how many of y'all came out of denominations where they said, you never know what God's going to do. You know exactly what he's going to do. He says in his word. It's exactly what he says. He says, well, I'll do, you do this. I'll do that. Okay. And that's kind of where we're going to go today. We are going to start at the very, 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 very beginning today. And I, as you know, I'm not a really long-winded. I'm, you know, I can't do the Anthony. You know, I mean, he, he, he maintains like he's at like 99.98% energy for like indefinitely. You know? He's like vibrating up here. No, okay. See, but I don't, I can't, I can't do that. That's not my anointing, which again, I love it when he does. 
I'm all, it's all good. We're all, well, you got on to me last time, so I figured it was only fair. All right, so, all right, so, uh, what a lot of you may not uh, understand, uh, uh, when, you, when you look back into Genesis, and uh, God is hanging out with Adam, remember that? He's, he's sitting there, he's hanging out with Adam, it's in the cool of the day. And y'all that have backyards, Darla has a backyard where we have birds and bunnies and all sorts of stuff like that going on. And you just hang out there in, in the cool of the day, and it's, it's very, it's nice. And can you imagine doing that with your father, just him hanging? You know, the creator of the universe, and you can do that now. But you couldn't when, when, when Satan came up and Adam and Eve sinned, that was no longer an option. That was separation. Uh, and anyone who knows God, he loves you so much that that is unacceptable. That he, he didn't, when, when, when Adam sinned in the garden, he literally took the deed of the earth and said, here you go, Satan. Bang. And of course he took it. That's where we get a whole bunch of the garbage that we have going on right now is they're just manifestations of, of evil and, and sin and all these things that are going on in the world. Now that was unacceptable for God. So he knew from the very, 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 very beginning how he was going to get out of this thing. All right. So what he did, he got with Moses and he made a covenant. Okay. Now when we talk about a covenant... A covenant is no different. Uh, a marriage, when you're married, that is a covenant. Okay, you're saying, I'm going to do this. You're going to do that. We're going to make it work. Now, in the Old Testament days, those old blood covenants, they were very intense. Because they were, they were for survival a lot of the times. I mean, uh, suppose... Uh, uh, you had a... Suppose... I already forgot your name. Donnie. Suppose Donnie and I here had a covenant, all right, back in those days. Uh, and I got into trouble, okay? And so he sent all of his guys, they armed up, they came out, and they fought off my enemies with me, and we survived. Since we're in covenant, once he does that, I am obligated, no longer is it even an option for me, I'm obligated to provide my troops for him when the very same thing happens. Sometimes it wasn't always troops. Sometimes it was you'd have a really strong fighting group and then you'd have a really strong uh, ecological group that could, had food. And so I'd feed your troops, you protect me. You know, and it would work out that way. Now, within those covenants, you're probably familiar with the old blessings and the curse bit, right? Okay, we get this weird American idea of a curse. You know, you're thinking about that witch with chicken bones, you know, and all that sort of thing. Well, don't you? You know, you're used to seeing, you know, motion pictures and things like that. Hollywood, they're, you know, they're clueless. So they've got this chicken and you know, all this. No, 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 no. All, the blessings and the cursing things when it came to... So, the, so when the blessing is, he comes to my assistance. Now, back in those days when it was a blood covenant, where we're literally blood brothers in that respect, the leaders of the tribes, whatever, if I reneged and didn't send him his troop, troops to help him out, then the consequences of that would be the curse. Okay, if you buy a, a car, the benefit, of course, is you get a car. What happens if you don't pay for it? They repo that baby, you know? That's the curse. Okay, th this isn't all that complicated. 
All right, so God knew that he had to define what sin was before he could get us out of it. All right, so in my classroom, I teach teenagers how to use recording studio equipment. That's, that's what I do professionally. And if a student comes in tardy, if I haven't told him that's, that's a problem, that's against the rules to come in tardy. If I have never told him that, he's, that tardy is bad, then it's not a problem. Now, as soon as I define it, as soon as I say, look, if you're tardy, dude, I'm going to take some professional points and, you know, don't do that anymore. You know, that's bad. Then, of course, there's a rule and he can break it. That's what's happening. The Old Testament was literally a list of things that were ungodly. And to be honest, how many of you guys have figured out yet that sin just isn't good for you? If you don't sin, I mean, even if you're not saved, if you'll do the things that God lays down, it will still work because it's good for you, right? Uh, in these lists of things, there were, I'm going to read my notes here. There are 284 positive mitzvots within the Pentateuch, which are the letters of the law in, in the Bible. And there are 365 negative ones, don'ts. 365 don't do's. Okay, now those, those included like don't eat pork, you know, things like that. Have you ever wondered why God told them not to eat pork? Because of trichinosis. They would undercook it and they would get sick from trichinosis. I don't know if you've ever seen this, but it's a kind of a worm kind of a thing. And then he would tell them, don't put your food source near your sewer. Yeah. All right, now we laugh now. I mean, but we know about bacteria and viruses and how you can get sick and all that sort of thing. They didn't know that back then. In fact, I believe, I forget which plague it was in England that was caused by this and actually wiped out a large portion of, of London because they had their uh, sewage just out on the street. Which one was it? Yeah, yeah, I believe it was too. So all they did was they, he was just giving them good rules to do, you know, that'll keep them safe and healthy course, you know, us being people, <laughs> uh, we're, they were still under the sin nature of that time. So what they would do, of course, God would give them sacrifices and things like that. that they, and, then, and there's a whole bunch of rules of things that you would do. And the blood of the animals would actually cover your sins and that sort of thing. And that was the whole Old Testament. And it worked to an extent. The problem was, is there was nobody good enough to be able to keep all the mitzvahs. You know, no one could do, could, could make it through. No one was, was powerful enough and clean enough and perfect enough to be able to do it. So what's God's plan? Remember, his plan is to get the earth back. He wants man back. He, want, he wants this relationship. He wants to hang in the cool of the evening and in the morning too, if you're a morning person, Right? You know, I'm, I hate to admit it, the older I get, the more morning person I get. What is up with that? <laughs> Holy cow. Here I am, I used, to, I used to tour with rock and roll bands and stuff, and, the, and I mean, we didn't even get out of bed till noon. I mean, come on. <laughs> what in the world? Anyway, so here's what comes on. What God needs now is he needs a human partner of a covenant. So what's he do? He goes and he finds himself Abraham. 
are now Abraham. Man, if you, if you read about this dude, you got to remember, he didn't have the infilling of the Holy Spirit like we do now. And he was still getting some stuff done. You know, he was, he was believing God so well, his faith was so into God that it was actually credited to him as righteousness. Now, if you don't believe me, <laughs> you can actually go into Romans 4, 9, and it, and it will tell you. It was credited to him as righteousness. He was faith-based, but he did have a blood covenant with God. So if you're familiar with circumcision and how all that worked back in the day, so it was a blood covenant. Now, blood covenant is all over the way God does things. He does everything in a very legal manner. Okay, He never cheats in anything. He does everything in a very specific, well-documented, legal, exactly what he says he's going to do manner. All right. And that's what blood covenants are. So uh, Abraham circumcised himself and all his tribe. And he says, all right, God, I will do it however you want to do it. I'll do anything. You just say the word. And God was so pleased. Finally, he has a human that gives him legal right to deal in the earth that is not the human's nor his. Okay, remember, this world was still Satan's at this point. Okay? The old, the old covenant, all it really did was save people and define sin. That's all it did. It covered sin. All right? And it defined it. So now God has another plan. He says, we're still not hanging out in the, in the gardens yet. And that's what I want. I want that. And I want this ownership to go back to the humans. So Abraham comes up and he says, uh, Abraham, I'm going to make you. Of course, the dude's old and he had no kids. His wife's old. She had no kids. And he says, I'm going to make you. I'm going to give you descendants like the stars. And Abraham said, okay. <laughs> right? That's kind of how he dealt with God. He was like, okay, right? He says, I believe you. All right, so God says, now, this is a really misunderstood part of Scripture. When Abraham took Isaac up, God said, I need you to sacrifice Isaac. All right, remember, God is in blood covenant with Abraham. Okay, so he says to Abraham, I want you to take your only begotten son, and I want you to take him up to this mountain, and I want you to sacrifice him to me. So now you got to think, you know, here's this guy, God, he says, well, I've got to be, I've got to have descendants more than the number of the stars. So if I kill my son, I mean, the only way that's going to happen is he's got to re resurrect him or something, right? He's, that's got to be, something's going to happen, right? Now think about this. Here's this 120-ish year old man, right? Isaac was no, I mean, he was a, a young man. He was far stronger than Abraham. If Abraham tried to get him on the altar and, and, and Isaac didn't want him to, guess what? He's not going on the altar. But Isaac has seen this old man. He's seen this dude walk it out with God over and over and over and over to where he said, all right, well, you know, if God, if you said God has done that, let's rock. All right, and that's what he did. He, so they had him, he got him on there. He's about ready to stab Isaac and kill him. And then, of course, God says, I've provided another sacrifice for you. All right. Now, what does this do? All right. Now, remember, 
Donnie and I have a contract. If he sends his troops and, and, and helps me out, I am obligated legally to do the very same thing. You see what happened? You see it? Oh, man. The anointing's hitting me now. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. Oh, do you see what's happening? So now God said he's got a covenant partner who gave him his only begotten son and expected him to just resurrect him if he had to. So God has to, by legal obligation, do the very same thing. And that is how Jesus had the legal right to come to the earth. Oh, man. Woo! Hallelujah, man. If that doesn't get you fired up, who was it Hagen used to say? If that doesn't get you fired up, your wood's wet. Yeah. Woo! Now, here's where we might get a little caught up sometimes. Uh, because it's easier to have a, a cross on your necklace, you know? It's, it's just cooler than a tomb. I mean, how would you do that? That would just be weird. I'm not sure. Maybe a big rock, you know, something like that. Okay, so now the cross, Jesus, when he went to the cross, here's, here's the thing. He was completely blameless. He fulfilled all 365 of the mitzvahs. He was spotless. He actually fulfilled the entire New Testament, or Old Testament. He took, he took that... And when he got on the cross, he literally took all sin. All sin. He took anything that was in the curse side of that Old Testament. Okay, what was in that old curse side? You're going to die. You're going to die of sickness. You're going to die of things biting you. You're going to die of boils. You're going to die of face melting off. You're going to... I mean, on and on, it was just, you're going to die of cancer. You're going to die of, how many of you are hearing this now? Your friend is going to die of cancer. Your uh, COVID is going to try and is going to kill all of North America. Uh, you know, all of these things, every last one of them, he took. All of it, lack, poverty. All of this stuff, all of the, all of the, all of this junk, all of it. All right, now, when Candace got up here and she says, I want, I, I, I'm going to ask for a plane. Somebody, and probably not just a few, went, oh, can you do that? Okay, well, we're going there. Hold on. Hold on to your hosses. Because what's happening is, is when Satan put all that stuff on Jesus and killed him, he thought he had it. He's like, whoa! What he didn't know is that Jesus, the law was that Jesus was spotless. He fulfilled it. He blew it out. When God resurrected him, he actually destroyed all of Satan's power, all the keys to death and hell, all of everything, he was above it. The name above every name. And of course, oh, can you imagine the panic in hell? Whoops! 
<laughs> because basically what happened is, is Satan went all in. The deed to the earth and then all that he won when Adam gave it to him, whoops, it now flipped to Jesus. So when he came out of the tomb, which, I, you know, the cross is important, and that's where he caught all that stuff, right? But the tomb, when he came, rose out of the tomb, what happened? Okay, now think about this. He, he, he has... He actually has, his Old Testament was his will and testament, right? He actually died, rose again, and then probated his own will. <laughs> and then he rose up to be next to God on God's right hand. All right. Now, this is where it gets interesting. Abraham, Moses had just a covenant. It was just a business deal. Abraham had a faith covenant. When you actually accept, see now God has paid all of that debt, all of that sin, all of that stuff that came onto him. He literally purchased it with his blood. When he purchased it with his blood and then he hands it to you, you now own Everything that he won. And what covenant in this blood do you have? You have a sonship. You have a daughtership covenant. When you walk into the, it says you can walk into the throne room. There used to be a point in time when you go to see the king. If you didn't have an appointment and you walked up to him, they'd just kill you on the spot. Okay, now he could just go, eh, whatever, let him come, you know, and then you wouldn't die. But what if you're his little girl running into the throne room? He's going to say, hey, chip, chip, everybody, just give me 15. She runs up, you know, you run up to him, you jump on his lap, right? And, and, and everything suspends. And now you can sit in the cool of the day with him, or in the morning, and, and hang with him. So all of this, what, it was, what he was trying to do from the very beginning. All right, having gone all that way, the empty tomb is our authority. The blood of Jesus is where we get this authority. When Anthony is laying hands on people and demons are leaving, what they're seeing is Jesus. They're seeing his authority. That's where we get our authority is this new covenant. And that's what the New Testament is. It's a description of all of these things that you get from this new covenant with Jesus. All right. Ethan's going, when is he going to use these scriptures? I don't know how many of you know, but Ethan is my son in the back there. Uh, Ethan, go ahead and give me uh, uh, Matthew 28, 18 through 20. Of course, all of you are familiar with this one. And in fact, uh, Cade uh, just taught the, on this very scripture just last week, I believe it was. When uh, Jesus approached and breaking the sun said to them, all authority. Now, there's two different, 
you'll get different uh, translations of this, and frequently you'll get power. In fact, if you look in, I believe it is King James, if you look in King James, it will actually trans all authority right there. He, says, he said to them, I give you power. But that is not really, actually, this is accurate, this amplified version, because I'm married to Darla. Uh, <laughs> all of you ladies know all about the, uh, the uh, amplified version, don't you? <laughs> we cling to, adhere to, and rely on it. <laughs> so here we go. This is Jesus speaking, and he's saying he's giving us all authority. Now that word, that word authority, is the same word that you would use for a police officer as he stops a car. Okay, literally, that police officer, if you wanted to gun it and kill him, you could. I mean, he doesn't have the power to stop you. But he does have the authority to stop you. Okay, so this is what happens. When we lay hands on people, we're getting the authority, one given to us by Jesus in the New Testament, because he won in, in hell and was resurrected, we have the authority that he gave us right here. All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Hit it again, Ethan. Go then and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Hit it again. Teaching them to observe everything that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you all days, perpetually, uniformly, and on every occasion. All right. Let's take this one step further. Let's go to Luke 10, 19. Here we go again. Here's our authority power thing again. Behold, I give you authority and power to trample upon servants and scorpions, fiscal. Now, again, this authority, this authority is the same. It's, it's the word I, you know, it's Greek and I'm not. Escusia uh, <laughs> uh, is how it looks to me. It's like E-X-O-U-S-I-A. Come on. So escusa. And that means that's the authority word. Okay, now later, when it's talking the power, it's talking about dunamis, or, or that's actual energy power power. All right, so you have the power to step on the serpents. You have the authority to chase them all out. All right, so here we go. We're still dealing with this. All right, now... Uh, Give us Luke 4.18, por favor. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he has anointed me, the anointed one, the Messiah, to preach the good news. The gospel to the poor. Okay, what's the gospel to the poor? That you don't have to be poor. Okay, now if anyone comes to me and says, well, you know, poverty is for today and all that sort of thing. That's not what he said. He said, go preach that poverty doesn't have to be in your life. It was part of that curse that he eliminated, right? All right. Uh, announce release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind. To send forth is delivered to those who are oppressed, who are down. Oh, this is my favorite part. Okay, so this is where we were all of these things, right? We were... Downtrodden, bruised, crushed, broken by down by calamity, right? All, every one of us in this room has had that 
point in time in your life where you were just whipped. We're not anymore. Okay. I went all that way (laughs) to say this. We have been going through all of these, being delivered from all of this stuff, being downtrodden, being poor, being sick, having oppression, because we as a church need to dominate Owasso. In order to do that, our house needs to be in shape. We need to know what our authority is, where it comes from, so we're no longer looking in, we're looking out, okay? Know more about us because our house is clean and ready to go. We're prepared. You know, we've cleaned our rifles, we've strapped them on our backs, we're looking out. We're looking to deliver Owasso now. It's, it's not about us anymore. It's about them. And this right here is how we do it. Oh, Father, I come to you in Jesus' name, and I praise Holy cow, I don't even know where to start. Wow. Oh, man, every time I look at this, I just think you're just, in, you're amazing beyond description. Father, I just ask that you may put this as rhema into every heart here. Put it as rhema. So if anything comes against them, they look back and they go, I walk in Jesus' steps. Under the blood of Jesus, I'm free. Under the blood of Jesus, I'm wealthy. Under the blood of Jesus, I can lay hands on the sick, the downtrodden, the blind, and they will see in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Wow. Man, every time I get into that stuff, that's, I just come out just... Just want to just go for it. All right, Kate, did you have anything else or what? I think we're done. Oh, we don't think I'm done. Oh. All right. Well, all right, here, let's, we'll, ref- we'll focus here. Oh, Jesus. All right, what soldier goes to war on his own account? <laughs> yeah, but they still get paid. Right? No one does. So, when you see these scriptures that say, uh, whatever you ask for, that you, re- you, know, you ask for it and you receive it, there's a prerequisite to that. And that prerequisite is that you're doing these things f- for, for Jesus. Your calling is what you're walking in. You're not just going willy-nilly out walking around doing whatever and then getting whatever you want. That's not what it's talking about. It's, it's talking about if you're in the middle of a fight and you need something, you just call for an airstrike. You know what I'm saying? All right. So what happens here is people are so used to the downside of this, uh, uh, what they would call uh, the prosperity message. They're missing this point. God has all the money, and he has all, and it's ours. Why? Because we're sons. If, if, if someone comes up to me and says, I mean, if Anthony says, I, I need some help, I'd be like, sure, man. But if Ethan comes to me 
and says, I need some help. I'm completely, utterly, and with no reservations at his disposal. And that's how God is with you. Oh, there's where it is, isn't it? Okay, I'm with you, Kate, now. All right. And I think we addressed this earlier. Some of you haven't had the best of dads. Uh, and you'll find that many, many times what happens is uh, when it's, it's hard to receive from God sometimes if you don't have a good dad, as an example. All right? You may not have a dad that says, well, if Ethan needed something, then there's nothing that I'll hold back. But your father does. That covenant, take that covenant and that blood, Jesus, look what he did for you already. There is nothing. He went all, he went all the way, as they would say in Godfather. He went to the mattresses. I don't know how many of you know that reference. <laughs> he went all the way for you. And Father, we just come to you in Jesus' name. And those of us here that haven't had the best dad, Father, I ask that you give them a fresh, fresh revelation of how much you love them in Jesus' name. Man, that was good, wasn't it? Help us get God's word out to everyone who needs it by partnering with us financially. Your generous giving is what enables us to make a difference for the kingdom of God. Visit nolimits.fyi to give securely online. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss a message. And thanks again for listening. Now let's go make a difference.